Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. That's his name. He is also a personal financial advisor. He's an executive director at Galileo Capital. On a Thursday night, he makes himself available to you for 27 and a half minutes. And uh, he shares his wisdom from the world of money and personal finance. He is a triple book writer. Um, his most recent book was all on how uh, global investing made easy. Uh, he also wrote a book on how to make your first million. He also wrote a book on how to be your own financial advisor. And he still has time to share with us on a Thursday evening how to decide when to sell a share that has lost money. I've just drawn a little graph, Warren, and say you buy something at 100 and it goes up to 200 and you're beginning to feel like a bit of a genius. It goes down to 150 and you start getting a little bit panicky because the share was only going up and only going one way. It gets back down to 100 and you think to yourself, I can't possibly sell it now. If I do, I've waited a year and I've done nothing. I should have sold it at 200, could have, should have, would have, but I didn't. I'm going to wait for it to get back to, oh, hell, it's gone to 50. Oh, no, it's at 40. Oh, no, it's at 20. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy, I'm going to take another 100, and I'm going to buy them at 20 rand, because I bought them at 100, and they went to 200. So if I buy them now at 20, I'm going to, like, quintuple down. And so you do that, and it goes to 10. That happens a lot, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I think we've got a, uh, I mean, stock markets are full of those stories all around the world, not, not just here, but, but I mean, to me, the, you know, the, the most recent example that always comes to mind when I'm, when I'm thinking of this kind of, in listening to your example, it was kind of flashing in my head was Steinhoff, you know, where, where people, you know, watch that share shoot up, uh, you know, for a long period of time. And really there were lots of FOMO going on where people just thought, you know, I have to buy it, you know, it, it's going to go up and up and up and I'm missing out. And lots of people bought that share, you know, close to the peak. Uh, and then it started to fall. And it, it's amazing I mean, how kind of my, my inbox started to fill up with people saying, don't you think now it's lost half its value? It's now time for me to buy. Uh, you know, this thing, it's impossible that it's going to go to zero. You know, there's no way. Great business. You know, this is not a big issue. Um, and, and so lots of people piled in, you know, ho- hoping to, to kind of select a bargain and, and, it ended up at some point losing 99% of its value. Um, and, and I think it burned a lot of people that were, were simply buying the share because of a move of a price, you know, w- without any real focus on what is the business, you know, what, what, what am I actually physically buying? So you're right, it's a, it's a horrible and scary story for, for a lot of people, you know, when they hold a share and, and, and they just watch it go down. And talking to producer Takiso before um, about this, and he was saying, uh, he's got a bad habit of, I have to quote him here because it was the best saying I've heard all day. I, I have a bad habit of holding on to dogs thinking they will turn into cows. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's, it's perfectly apt. Uh, you know, we've got to figure out uh, what, what's a calf and what's a dog. And, and I mean, I love dogs, but, you know, I, I guess there's a production element here and, and you know, dogs are not going to produce new cows. So, um so, so I take the point, and I think it's, to me, when you look at this, there are a couple of things you have to focus on. And, and one of them is, do you understand the business you've bought? Yes, it's a share, and, and you know, yes, the price shoots up or shoots down. Uh, and, and, you know, regular listeners to us over the years would have said, you know, a, a lot of the time we would be saying to people, you know, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. And that's an absolutely true statement that Warren Buffett has taught us all. But... Uh, you still have to understand what you're buying. 
and and because a share has just lost value, uh, is is no reason to either buy it or or then to sell it. You really have to understand the business and 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 ask yourself some key questions before you make that decision. And you can understand the business as well as you like, but if the business is operating in an environment that is not conducive to that business, you you might run the world's best construction company, but if nobody's constructing anything, you can be as good as you like. You're not going to get any income. You can run the world's most wonderful chocolate factory, but if there's a global diabetes scare um, and people stop buying chocolate, well, you can have delicious chocolate that no one's going to buy, you know. And, and, and that's the problem, I suppose, with investing. So often we think we know what we're buying, but we don't fully appreciate it in its context at a particular moment in time. Yeah, and I, and I think it's, a, 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 you know, the, one thing about markets is as soon as we feel like we've got a grip on what's going on, they will humble us. <laughs> uh, and, that you know, that's a reality for, for people that have been in the market for five years and, and, and you know, some who have been in it for 50 years. We just have to know that sometimes uh, with, with all the best intent and all the best research in the world, the, the you know life happens we, we end up making a mistake for for all the right reasons and, and so i think when you're in that situation just understand that you know something losing value quickly doesn't mean that it, the, the business ends and, I, and a great example for me is is the you know the share of apple you know so over over a 10 year period it's up over a thousand two hundred percent but in at least four times in that 10 year period it's lost a quarter of its value in a, in a short period of time and that must have scared the daylights out of investors. You know, they, they, they have this brilliant business that they really love. L- lots of people have only only own one share, which is Apple. Uh, and and so you know, for them to see their their real wealth just just drop by a quarter, that, that's a big number. And the uh, trouble and, is, and, when you know, shares like this are falling, there are plenty of good reasons. For them to be falling, there's new competition. They're not innovating fast enough. The the new iOS isn't operating as well as it should. The you know who's going to use new apps or whatever the case might be. There's always a good story to be told on the way up, and there's an equally compelling story on the way down as to why you should be running for the hills. Yeah, and, and so now you have to make a, a sensible, rational decision when when potentially everybody else is being irrational, and tr- truthfully, that does happen a lot. Uh, so don't just assume that you're, you know, you're the only crazy one, or or you're equally crazy with everyone else. Sometimes you might be the rational person. So so, but you still have to find a way to give yourself a context to making these decisions. And and I think the first thing is just zoom out a little bit. You know, you you might be incredibly focused on the one share or the three or four shares that you own, uh, and and you know you you feel like the world's ending because your share or shares are down. You have to zoom out and say, okay, hang on, let's just stop and 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 look around. It is all are all the shares in the JSE or, or the global markets, are they all down? You know, is there a context to this where the tide is just going out on the stock market in general and my share happens to be one of those? And I feel that that's probably a you know, very apt description for what's going on in, in the tech sector at the moment. You know, lot, lots of very strong, very good businesses that were overpriced and their share prices are falling, but they are still going to be in business uh, you know, next year and, and maybe three or four or 10 years later. So when that tide goes out and you understand that it's all the, all shares or most shares in the market, then don't panic that your share is going down. There is a good reason then it's it's a market event. It's not a share event. Uh, I think also just always try and understand the business. You know, so, so let's use the Apple example. You know, uh, the, the share is going down. Maybe they're not innovating. There will be lots of critics of, of, of a company that's performed very well. You know, we could say the same around Amazon. Uh, but then just understand you know, is it still selling its products? Does it sit on a lot of cash? You know, and, and because 
an interesting thing about a, a very strong business is if it doesn't have a lot of debt and it's sitting on a lot of cash, that they might be using this opportunity to be buying out, you know, um, current or future competitors and, and using this as a fantastic market opportunity to grow their businesses in, in a new direction. And, and I think a lot of the time that's a big signal for me is, you know, when the share price is falling and markets are falling and a business is sitting on too much debt, uh, that, that's a surefire um, sell signal for me. You know, I think that that was when people were asking me about Steinoff, I had no special knowledge of what that business was going to do. But what I did know was it was sitting on, you know, billions of, of, of rands and, and, and euros in debt. And there was just no way I could see how it would, it, it would pay that. You know, same story with African Bank. So, so I think that that becomes a, a, great, um, a, a great signal. However, share prices are falling and the dividend yield is improving. Oh, man, this thing. I paid 100 for it. And it had a dividend yield of three. Uh, its share price went to 200 and the dividend yield was one and a half. Now it's fallen to 50 and the dividend yield is at six. And actually it's increased so because they pay a bit more of a dividend. So the dividend yield is at 7%. This is just fantastic. Not only is the share price fallen, but as a result of a cheaper share price, the dividend yield that I'm going to get is going through the roof. I must have this thing. Um, and it's, it, that's a wonderful trap that many people get fall into as well. It, it is. And, and so, so I think the thing to, to look at there is, you know, is the business still generating a lot of cash? You know, it, it, are the prospects good? You know, the fact that, that there is a market event, is it, is it actually affecting the way that the business operates on a day-to-day -day basis? Because some businesses might be generating, um, you know, great dividend yield, but actually their ability to sell into maybe a shrinking economy uh, is going to be severely compromised. And, and, you know, whatever dividends they're earning right now are, are not going to be repeated, in, in which case, you know, a great dividend yield is is a smoke signal. It's actually just a trap that's going to you know going to going to help you catch a falling piano. You know, and, and the only the only thing you should do with a falling piano is run away. Don't try and catch it. Uh, however, if you're in a you know if you're in a share where the business of that that that, that company is doing very well and is largely unaffected by a share price, then then all you've got is hype around you. And when the share price has fallen, the dividend yield dividend yield has has doubled as a result. My view is that's the time to be buying. You know, you, if you understand the business well and, and you don't think it's being compromised, great. You know, the market's given you one of those opportunities, which it regularly does, to buy a great business at a heck of a discount. Uh, and, and then the dividend yield should be, you know, the, the kind of the big sale for sale sign. Buy now. It's tricky, though, isn't it? Um, because also we get quite wedded to historical performance. We think because it was once at 100, it's going to go back there. And I think a lot of people are trapped under those sort of circumstances often as well. And, and I think it, it, it's such a brilliant point. You, 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 history, uh, um, especially what you paid for, for a share, it's, it's exactly that. It's just history. It's a number on a spreadsheet. It's a piece of paper where, where, where you've written something down somewhere for yourself. It gives you no indication of what's going to happen tomorrow or the next 10 years. And so when you own a share that's done you know, incredibly badly or incredibly well, whatever you paid for it, is only relevant for your for your tax reporting. The, the, the thing that you need to decide is if I had, you know, 100,000 Rand today and I was going to allocate it to one share, would this be the share? If, if, it, if it was a share you would buy today because you understood the business, you believed in the business case, and you were happy to pay, pay that share price as it is today, then that, that's a great signal that you should continue to hold the share. Whereas if you were saying, no way, I mean, there's absolutely no chance I would allocate any money to the share. The fact that you then currently own it and you've lost half your money, another great signal to sell. 
So, so you're right, Bruce. I mean, I think history, you know, history is a great way of luring us into mistakes sometimes. And I think we just have to park it and say, that's going to be a painful, you know, school fee that I've, I've, I've paid now and I'll, I'll learn from it. But, but don't be a trap, you know, waiting for, you know, the, the worst phrase in, in, I think in this whole situation is, I'll just wait for it to recover to what I paid for it. And then I'll sell the share. That's, that's a terrible logic. You need to say, I, I wouldn't allocate any money to this. I have to sell it now and allocate it to something else, which I believe will do well. And, and I think that's the key. And it's what are your other opportunities and are they much better than the, the, the share that you own today? And if they are, take advantage of the new opportunities because they might also be on sale, especially in this environment. Cut your losses? Absolutely. Question from George this evening, which we'll get to in a moment. I need some tips on how I can go about investing a lump sum that I've inherited. Most of my investments are in South Africa, so I'd like to use this money to invest offshore. I keep hearing from different market commentators that the US market's expensive, but the performance is still good. And I'd like some of that exposure in my portfolio. Where's the best place to invest this money that I can get some offshore exposure? Should I invest it all at once? Many thanks, George. Good question, George. More on that in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. George has got some money. He's inherited it. We don't know how much, Warren, but would like to invest offshore and wants to know whether or not he should do it all at once. He's a little bit worried about prices and valuations. And he hears they're expensive, which suggests to me that he is relying on third-party information rather than digging too deep himself. That's my concern. But what's yours? Um, not not a tremendous amount. I mean, I like I, I like his logic in this. You know, it's not like he's um, you know sort of jumping at at you know some other fad. Uh, so so I think I think you're right that you know he he's also aware that he doesn't know. But but what I love about this is it's not saying you know I've I've heard this um, this investment has skyrocketed by a thousand percent and I want to get in before it's too late. So so my my main concern will be uh, you, you know that the logic of of getting exposure offshore I think makes sense you know just just be careful that you're not kind of overexposing yourself to the international markets you know where you end up with too much money outside of the country and and not, no ability to cover your expenses in in the country and and at the same time you know don't put so little overseas that it doesn't really give you any performance benefit you know from a diversification point of view so I think it's a good call. I think the first uh, the, the first decision, though, uh, George, is you need to you need to say to yourself, um, I've got to have a target for the rand uh, the rand dollar first before I do anything. You know, so if the rand were were currently at seventeen rand to the dollar, uh, my view is that that's that, that's too expensive. Uh, you know, in other words, the rand should be a better exchange rate than that. And 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 for a while now, I've been saying my, my level's about fifteen rand fifty. And it feels like, uh, depending on the minute at the moment, it could be 15 rand 50 or it could be 15 rand 30. It seems to be the range that it's been trading in for a while. So if it's below 15 rand 50, then by all means, you know, start to start to get that offshore exposure. But the, the other thing just to be careful of here is don't overexpose yourself to one market internationally. So, so you're, you know, you're looking at the U.S., uh, I would be saying, look at the world rather. I mean, li- literally, buy the world, buy, buy the world index if you if you will. Uh, I think it's a good place to go, but but don't narrowly just focus on one country, you know, one geography, because you know there, there are uh, well, well, they were expensive, but there were there were some very big tech businesses that that were massively overpriced a little while ago, and in the last few days and, and maybe week or so, that they they certainly come down. 
And so the U.S. is significantly better value than it was, but it would be a, a heck of a stretch to say that it's good value. I think it's still quite expensive. So, so rather buy the world. Uh, and, and how do you do that? Well, my, my view is buy the world index. You can do it in South Africa. Most of the big exchange uh, traded uh, fund providers in South Africa will, will offer you a world index and you can buy it here. Uh, or you send your money overseas, open a stock breaking account and, and, and buy the world index there. Sh should you do it all at once? Uh, I think if you're trading in a fairly large amount of money, then maybe spread it out over th three to six months. But uh, if it's a smallish amount of money, and by that I mean, you know, let's say less than you know twenty thousand rand, at a, um, you know, then rather just buy it once when the when the rand is in mm -hmm. your favour. So, so, so that would be the spread: is just spread your not not your bets, but spread your views, diversify. Don't be all in America all at once. Uh, and and then spread it over time if you've got a, a significant amount of money where you can spread out those transaction costs. Fantastic. Thank you, Warren Ingram. I'm sure George will be delighted with that answer. What is a monopoly? It, it's a board game, isn't it? Uh, I actually almost predicted that you would say that. <laughs> so so you're, 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 you're correct. It is a board game. And and so in, in the investment sense, uh, a, a, a monopoly is a business that that has absolute control in, uh, of its market. In other words, uh, you know, if, if we if we think back a few years ago, uh, you know, in South Africa, telecom was the only business that that you could uh, get to to provide you a telephone of any description, uh, and and so that would, in, in the purest sense, be a, an absolute monopoly. Uh, and and the thing about monopolies is they can either be a government regulated thing where the government says there is only one post office doesn't matter how good or how bad it is this is the post office and you may not compete with it or it may be a business that naturally just grows into a monopoly over time you know and and so uh, we don't like those in the free markets because often monopolies can, can you know destroy competition and 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 become inefficient in themselves and i think that's a big issue for the big tech businesses right. now but uh but but yeah, so so monopoly is something that controls an entire market. Uh, we don't like them. We want you know we want at least two or three competitors in in any big market uh, to, to be efficient. Uh, unless of course there's a private sector monopoly that you can invest in, and then you you want to be invested in provided well run. Of course, SAB was a great example. They had a virtual monopoly on the beer market for an awfully long time, and, and turned out to be a fantastic investment. But that's maybe a story for another day.